everybody welcome to another episode of free for all this is your host big john coming at you through the grumblings media network as a matter of fact i hate butchering the name of my own company but you know who we are grumblings media you can catch us on youtube apple rumble uh google spotify pandora basically if there's a place you can hear or watch a podcast we're there for better or for worse so make sure you join us here on free for all Joining me today for this really, I think, interesting show we're going to have, uh, let me introduce first my guest, Mr. Tyler Ki- Collins. Tyler Collins, he is the newly elected chairman of the San Diego Libertarian Party. Uh, Tyler, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Big John and William. Appreciate oh, it. Always, always uh, a pleasure. Uh, Tyler and I have been trying to work out a schedule for him, and he's a busy man. Uh, moving up in uh, California libertarian politics. So we're lucky to have him on board uh, and always a pleasure to have someone like Tyler on the show. The other person joining the show is my partner here at Grumblings Media. And you may be wondering, what is a dyed-in-the-wool conservative Republican doing on free-for-all? Well, uh, there's actually good reason for that. The reason for that is uh, we're, we're bi-coastal. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, I'm out on the East Coast here in New York. William is out on the West Coast in California. So we took advantage of his unfortunate location, and he was able to attend (laughs) the State Libertarian Party Convention in California. So I thought it'd be great to have uh, Tyler and William here to give us their perspectives on the convention, get some feedback from legitimately adjacent positions, not uh, Congress positions. So I thought that would make for an interesting show. So let's start this off by saying, um, Tyler, uh, I, I wanted to start off with the elephant in the room, which was leading up to this convention, there was a lot of controversy uh, involving a lot of different moving pieces. So I wanted to give you the opportunity uh, to to address some of them and and, and perhaps give us some insight uh, into what may or may not have been happening, because there's been a lot of chatter on Twitter, other social media, uh, people getting in one of my ear than the other one. Uh, and, and to be fair, to be fair, I did uh, at one point invite Adrian Malagon, who is the state chair of the Libertarian Party in California, uh, to to come on the show. And he did agree. He did agree. I give him full credit. Uh, he did agree to come on and address the issues directly. Uh, we just couldn't work out a schedule for him. So uh, I wanted to make that clear. Nobody's ducking me of all people. Every, people are more than willing to come and uh, share their opinions with us here. So, uh, Tyler, first of all, uh, let's start out with the first big controversy. The the panelists invited to the, to the, to the convention, a little controversial, mainly because they weren't libertarians. Uh, I'm talking about RFK Jr. I'm talking about Cornell West. I'm talking about Jill Stein. Yep. Now all three were invited. Uh, did all? Th- I know that RFK and uh, Dr. West showed up. Did Jill Stein show up? I wasn't sure if I saw her at the convention or not. Jill Stein was supposed to attend the first night of uh, the panel, uh, but unfortunately, she was apparently sick. Oh, okay. Ooh, fair, 
Fair enough. Fair enough. But we did. Uh, you did have RFK Jr. and you did have Doctor West out at the convention. Now yes. that stri- that strikes people as a little um, strange, to say the least. Uh, RFK is. I don't think anyone would describe him as any sort of libertarian. Maybe they some libertarians would agree with his uh, COVID uh, stance. But for the most part, I don't think anyone would accuse RFK of being a libertarian. Dr. Cornell well, West, I've talked to him. I've met him a couple of times. He'll be the first one to tell you he's an avowed socialist. Uh, so um, there's two people there that I don't think we're maligning in any way by saying they're not libertarian. So give me some insight. Why was it a point? And Adrian had to fend this off from a lot of different corners of the LP. Why were RFK, Jill Stein, Dr. West invited as panelists to the convention, the biggest libertarian state convention in the country? Yes. Well, thank you so much. I think that's what everyone's thinking. Uh, This is the elephant in the room. Yes. Uh, So to start off with that, uh, when I first heard this announcement, I was as probably as surprised as you, John. Yeah. Uh, It took me a little bit aback. um, And... I can perhaps understand RFK Jr. coming. He's most definitely not a libertarian, but there are some very key areas of overlap. One being the COVID, you know, his stance against the COVID regime and to his uh, distrust of these, I'll call it the national security apparatus and uh, the feeling that we need to dismantle, if not at the very least reform the national uh, security apparatus. Uh, so those are two, as well as his position on Ukraine. Now his position on Israel, that doesn't align with a lot of libertarians. Right. But So what I'm getting at here is that he does have some major areas of overlap. Where he does not overlap would be um, his environmental policy. Uh, he leans very heavily into, um, I'll call it uh, state solutions. Uh, so, regulatory apparatus dealing with these sort of things. And so that is going to come into conflict with uh, many libertarians. I'm not in this moment in time when the uh, discussion, I'm not talking about my personal views. I'm talking about the overall libertarian party platform. Uh, Now, Cornell West, uh, I personally was a bit more confused about why he was showing up (laughs) to me a very, this is my personal views at this moment in time, a very key part of the libertarian platform is that we stand very strongly against socialism. And to have an ardent, open socialist be warmly invited to our platform, you know, to speak, was a bit confusing to me. So that one threw me off a little bit more. But, uh, you know, with that all being said, describing my initial confusion, I think the reason that this happened uh, was one, you know, there's a lot of people who are uh, with this RFK movement and follow Mm -hmm. Cornell West and some people, uh, you know, they're still trying to figure out, you know, where they lie. They're in, there's a lot of independence. And if we can draw these people into the fold, you know, we can expose them on this panel. This was a great opportunity for our candidates to, you know, do battle with RFK and Cornell West and in the battleground of ideas, the thought would be that, you know, these independents who show up at our convention, we can get more libertarians if we win in this marketplace of ideas. So that was number one. Uh, number two, 
we are always happy to uh, support. I shouldn't say support. I will say any third party growing in some respect is a victory against the duopoly. Um, there, we may disagree as libertarians with the greens, but I think ballot access would be issues that the greens and libertarians and any other independents can all get on board with. Right. In fact, that was one of the central themes of the uh, second panel with Cornell West was ballot access. Yeah. And, and I do know uh, that's been a consistent theme with the Greens. I know here in New yeah. York, uh, I know Larry Sharp and Howie Hawkins sort of teamed up uh, to try to bring awareness to that um, yeah. because, you know, as 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 notorious as even California may be in in ballot access for the duopoly and keeping it locked down. New York's even worse. Uh, it's, it, I actually read that it's easier to be an opposition party to Putin in Russia than it is to be an opposition third party in New York to the Democrats and the Republicans. So I understand that piece. Let me just go over to William. William, I don't know if many people know this. He has run for office. He has held elected office in California. He's he's worked as a fundraiser. He's He's inside the Republican politics. So William, not necessarily speaking to the libertarianism angle, but just as your work as a political fundraiser, did it seem strange to you that the not so much that you would have RFK and West and Stein there for a debate, the marketplace of ideas, which Tyler mentioned, which I'm all for, by the way, I'll, I'll argue with anyone, you know, I don't care about that. But the fact that they may have been taking away a position, a spot that should have been intended for a libertarian candidate. We've got a lot of good, solid libertarian candidates running. There's a limited amount of space on the stage. William, what did you think of that? Just watching I it as an outsider. one note sure. uh, yeah. before we launch yeah. into that. So there were two panels each day in the evening. We did actually have a time during the you know heart of business in the day when we had libertarian libertarian only candidates presented right. their platforms and presented their ideas. Yes, that so was there part was of the, a separate yeah. time for that. Right, I just wanted right. to clarify. No, no, absolutely. And we'll get into it some more. But I just wanted, William, from the outside looking in, and, and the reason I ask William this is because that is an issue for the Libertarian Party, Tyler, you have to admit. A lot of people look at the Libertarian Party, not necessarily the California one, but I mean just the LP National and perhaps some other local LP uh, state uh, parties saying, these guys aren't professional. They don't cut a professional image to the voters that you're trying to woo. Not just because there's a disconnect. Libertarian principles resonate more than any other principles with individual voters in this country. If you look at any poll that's taken, people believe in lower taxes. They believe in individual freedom. However, they will refuse, uh, by and large, to vote libertarian. William, what is the – do you – an outsider looking in – when you see the Libertarian Party at its largest state convention say, we're inviting RFK, we're inviting Jill Stein, we're inviting um, Cornel West, but Chase Oliver isn't there for some reason. How right, does that right. look? How does that look? Well, first of all, just to clear the record, I'm not a political fundraiser. I did fundraising at a nonprofit where I learned about Sorry, fundraising. Okay. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is, as I was saying off camera, uh, one of the number 
one of the chief jobs for anybody in a power position in the Democrat and Republican Party is having that Rolodex and to be able to fundraise. That's actually on our side, one of the things that locks out the working class and the conservative grassroots, regardless if they're a potential star or not, it's money. That's why Vivek came out of nowhere because he's almost a billionaire. So that said, back to your question, John, uh, there, this, there's a lot to unpack here. The Libertarian Party, uh, in my opinion, I could be wrong, uh, but has not advanced much, if any. In fact, they've lost more ballot access than when they started in the 70s. So they really are a brand new party in the sense of the foundation. So Adrian had a decision to make. One, do I get media here to check out RFK? Because he's a big name right now in the independent. You know, so do I transcend the Libertarian uh, Party to get outsiders to come in by bringing in RFK Jr. and Cornell West? Having gone to the event, not seeing much actual media coverage. I know there was media there, but I did look for it here. There wasn't a lot of splash. Uh, so I would say that portion of it failed. And I do have direct comparisons to it. When I put on the 50th congressional debate, I had hundreds of people there. I had media all the way from up and down the state. But then again, I'm a marketer. I know how to do that. That's what I used to do for a living. And it was a huge resounding success. I didn't see that. Now, I'm not being critical. I'm an outsider looking in. I was told they raised about 30000 I don't know if that's good or not. If they only raised 5000 last year, for example, then, yeah, that's a big jump. But only they can determine that. But from the national prominence scene, I did not see any traction from this convention make it to the mainstream media. So uh, uh, so so let's so let's so let's say I'm correct and he didn't get what he wanted. So then, yeah, it was a failure. Uh, uh, but he now not that the party now has experience of having tried that and they can learn and grow from it. That said. My personal belief is, and y'all aren't going to like hearing this, but at the end of the day, your libertarian icons run as Republicans. And that's self-defeating. Don't you dare preach to me about libertarianism. Don't you dare talk to me about freedom. Don't you dare talk to me about where your paycheck is collected at because you're grifting from the libertarian party while making your living as a Republican. The Libertarian Party, if it wants to grow, if it wants to become legitimate, there's two things that must happen. And you will fail if this does not happen. Run Libertarian candidates and figure out how to make the philosophy a political ideology. I saw neither one in this uh, weekend except from one person. And that was, oh, my God, Lars, Lars, God bless Lars, Lars Mapstead, <laughs> Lars Mapstead. At the panel on Sunday, Jacob, Hor Jacob Hornberg, boy, it's fun watching him. I completely disagree. But he's a man of substance. Well, well, he's a man of honor, well, a man of integrity, even though he's wrong. You know, uh, well, I, I William, 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 let me cut you off for a second before you get into the actual convention. We're going to get to that. I promise. I, I want to get your opinions on that. But I wanted to give Tyler a chance to to sort of chime sure. in here. So so William, very impassionate here. I rarely he doesn't yell at me when we talk on the phone about these issues like as much as he just did. He didn't like he got very excited for a non-libertarian there. But let me let me ask say, William. I had heard you got heated before. I want I wanted to see it. I wanted uh, some debate here. 
John's six foot four. If, so you if I didn't see that, I would have been like disappointed. So. <laughs> no. So what, what, what I want to say is William has a point, but I wanted to get Tyler's feeling like, so let me ask you some general questions here. Like one, is the over in the immediate after aftermath of, of the convention is the feeling internally, uh, if you're at liberty to say, is the feeling that it, that the convention was a success? It performed above what expectations were, about where you thought it would be. Maybe it was a little disappointing. Because I will tell you, I did not see coverage outside of California on the RFK thing, um, which was a little disappointing to me because I was one of those people that tweeted very much against the concept of having RFK and um, Cornell West there. Hey, let's have a podcast. Let's have a debate. Absolutely. I'm down. But I, I thought it was a little strange at the largest venue for libertarian state politics. So what is the internal sort of temperature there in, in the California LP about the event? Was it a success in your eyes internally? So I think we could break that question into two things. Sure. So you mentioned the feelings about having RFK and Cornell West and Jill Stein, if she had not Showed been up. sick, yep. apparently. <clears throat> but uh, so... I think there is a split on that. I'll be honest. Um, I see why, you know, we thought this could be valuable. You know, if we had gotten, you know, as William said, if we gotten CNN there, if we had gotten Fox there, that would have been incredible. Um, now, I have actually seen some coverage. I've uh, looked around and it different non, this is not like Reason Magazine or something. Right, right, right. These are just. I'll call it like, I think there's like breaking points. There's the Hill, this other smaller media. And I actually did see segments in a tied in there talking about RFK Jr. And they said, oh, he's going to the California Libertarian Party convention this week. And it turned out actually one of the hosts on the show said, oh, by the way, I'm a libertarian. These are our beliefs. And this is how they align with the RFK. So they actually got a huge slot on this one particular segment I watched. So while it may not have made CNN Fox, I did see some more coverage on not libertarian independent media. Um, so I, I think that is good. Um, mm. In terms of, do we see this convention as a success? I think we do see this as a success. This is a definite improvement last year, over last year, simply in terms of financial results. This convention generated, I think what William said, around 20 something thousand dollars um, which is far in excess of last year's. In fact, most con conventions are a net loss on the party. We haven't leaned as heavily into the fundraising, the you know potential you know aspect of raising money for the party that this could be. Which I think I'll give credit to the uh, current chair Adrian Malagon for uh, seizing the opportunity there and trying to get some more money in our coffers. So I think from that aspect, it's been a great success. Um, I wish we haven't brought this up, but there is some, you know, internal division within the Libertarian Party. There are different caucuses. And uh, over the course of this weekend, I was kind of able to observe that. And uh, I was actually happy to see at the end, it felt like there was a bit of unity. Uh, there was a bit of coming together. And so I think, you know, if we can, you know, uh, united we stand, divided we fall. And a divided Libertarian Party we can't function. Uh, how are we you know, going to go from 1% to 10% to 70% if we're divided? 
you can't do that in an already small group. So I think we all, by the end, a lot of people were able to refocus on what's our mission. That's to bring us liberty in our lifetime and potentially overcome some of those, you know, nuanced differences that only libertarians would argue about. Yeah. So. And it's, uh, you know, my running joke, and I've, I've had the opportunity to interview all the candidates this year, except for one. And I, I've gotten as well as someone could get to know someone in a two hour interview, you know, uh, but I always say to all of them and they all sort of agree. I said, if there's uh, two libertarians sitting together in a room, the only thing they'll agree on is that one of them is not a real libertarian. Yeah, and that's a big and that's always that always seems to be the case. And I know there are certain very prominent figures, to your point, Tyler, that are calling for that unity to to rather than focus on the ten percent that the anarchists, minarchists, and classical liberals all argue about that last ten percent. Let's focus on the ninety percent that we all agree on. And I know guys like Larry Sharp, Spike Cohen are very good ambassadors for something like that. However, there is this, like you mentioned, this division, and I'm glad actually to get your perspective that in your eyes, you saw some unity towards the end of that convention. Because I have to tell you as an outsider, not as an outsider libertarian, but as an outsider to the political process. I, I mean, you and I were talking off camera. I'm not involved with any state parties. I'm not I'm a, a member of any official caucus or anything. Uh, but as a philosophical libertarian, as someone who's just interested in more individualism, more freedom, I, I see from the outside this division, and it's still going on. Um, it, it, and pre-convention, it was bad. I think there were some incidents in the convention, perhaps we could talk about in a few minutes. But pre-convention, um, let me just share my screen. Let me just show you something that I have here. And if we can get your... Um, let me see. I'm sorry. I have to get to share it. Share no worries. Screen. I uh, struggle this. Struggle with this every day. Uh, yeah, always on the Zoom calls, right? I I don't have a uh, producer. I usually produce for William, but I have no one producing for me right now, so I have to do it myself. So apologies, but we should be able to see the screen here. It's from Joshua Reed Eckel. He is the chairman of the Classical Liberal Caucus, I believe, and basically he's talking about that there were some political uh, adversaries, opponents of Adrian that were either disinvited or iced out of the California convention. Uh, he makes some very detailed and stark um, claims here. I am not, I am not uh, taking a position as to the validity, validity of Josh's claims here. I'm just putting them out there because everybody sees these. These are out there. People see these things. And I hate it's the public. fact that we can't get some – it's public and we can't get some clarity. As I've said before, I think I'm friendly with Josh. I think I'm friendly with Adrian. I, I, I can't, I'm not choosing sides between the two. But the two of them seem to not get along. And so to your, to your knowledge, uh, Tyler, what – was there were there any candidates that you knew of that were not invited to be speakers or not invited to be sponsors? Um, the classical liberal caucus claims that their their sponsorship was revoked. Um, Joshua Smith claimed that he was not allowed to be a sponsor. Absent 
Conspicuous by his absence is Chase Oliver, who is one of the leading candidates, I think, if you look at a lot of different polling, um, might be the most nationally recognized candidate of the ones that are declared right now outside of RFK. Not that he's actually declared for the Libertarian yeah, Party, but I think, but 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 I but I think you know what you think I, you know what I mean. It's like probably Chase is one of the guys who who probably, if I had money, should have been at that convention. Um, give me some insight if you're at liberty to do so. Like what what happened there? What is this controversy about? Is it is it literally just a personality clash, or or were there reasons why certain campaigns may not have been invited? You brought up Chase Oliver, and I was thinking about that the whole weekend because Chase actually had a booth there, and mm. I was trying to uh, figure oh, out yeah. why wasn't Chase here. Uh, we've actually had Chase. Uh, we try and have as many people as possible speak at our county affiliate. One of those people we had speak previously was Chase. Yeah. So we had a nice event. Uh, he gave his platform, talked about his important policy issues. So I know him personally. Yeah. Uh, it was very confused. Because actually on the website, they had been previously advertising, big picture, Chase Oliver will be attending. So I don't know. I don't know the details of whether they said, Chase, you can't come, or Chase kind of said, oh, I'm busy. I can't go. I don't know. I, I think he was at the state convention for Missouri, Missouri. or Mississippi. I'm not – Missouri. I'm not sure – Missouri then, yeah. So so he, he you know, uh, chalked it up to a conflict – it doesn't sound right to me that if no disrespect to Missouri, California, Missouri, you're going to the largest state convention if you're a candidate. So to your knowledge, or I, I should say you have no idea if it was on Chase's campaign's part or if it was on the uh, uh, LP of CA's part that he was not there. You, you don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer, but okay. I wish Chase would clarify why he uh, did attend. He went to Missouri. That would be, you know, I would love to hear more about that. Uh, I, I don't know the uh, answer, though. Yeah. Oh, f fair enough. Go ahead, William. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Actually, you don't want Chase to come public with this. All that does is create gossip, drama. It makes you all look like petulant children. And as an outsider looking in, that's how I've always seen the Libertarian Party my whole political life. And that's not a perspective anybody has shown me it's not a perspective i've read about it's what i see you know and then when i started doing my research i'm like oh this goes back years and years because one of the things i i i argue with big john about is your party's no different y'all fuss and what's and argue about who's libertarian or who's not we had the same issues in the conservative problem the problem with y'all y'all view yourselves as your perfect utopian libertarians uh with everybody else as as the bad people but then you have your you have the same battles. These are battles that must be kept in house. Adrian has yes. been kind to me. He took care of an issue uh, I had there. Uh, he told he told me Sunday, Big John, he'll come back to the show anytime. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. But privately, I would tell Adrian, look, I used to put on fundraisers. Uh, I used to put on fundraisers for the Alzheimer's Association, and, and I proudly say that because it was for a phenomenal cause. We at the local level changed some of the, the the events we put on, and they took them to the national level. So now, so uh, some of the things you see at the national level was part of my boss's creation, which I helped her with. And the reason I say that is, you are not bigger than the event. Period. End of story. You are an employee or serving with honor and dignity at the behest of the Libertarian Party. It's people who elected you, meaning this isn't your show. And 
John knows, and I told this privately, and I'll say it publicly, I don't like Chase Oliver, not as a person. I'm talking about his belief system. To me, he's a full-fledged, hardcore Democrat leftist running as a libertarian. That's my belief. And the reason I say that, and I believe it and I say it strongly, is because had I been running that event, he would have been my first call. Because right now, Chase Oliver is your presumptive nominee in terms of, uh, 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 of recognition, of the work he's put in, the money raised. He's doing everything right. So whether I like him or not is besides the point. Who cares what you like, William Del Pilar? This is not the William Del Pilar California Libertarian Party Convention. This is the California yes. Libertarian Party Convention. So you do what is best for the party. Yeah. RFK Jr. You know I go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say to to William's point. Uh, I joked to William. I said, when you, if you, when you get out to the party, make sure you you find Adrian and 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 uh, you know say hi to him and everything. You know, which he did. And I said, now be careful though, because when I get two Latinos like that, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, they both got that fiery passion and temper. You know, and they you know, and you can see it in William now. He's getting excited. You know, so uh, but. Uh, sort of joking about that, but, you know, I, I do see a combative stance that I haven't seen out of political parties generally. I mean, look, most political parties, like William said, if there's going to be disagreements, they're in-house. And the the public face is one of, hey, we may have some disagreements. Unity. We'll work it out. We're, we have some unity here. Adrian, better or worse, there are some people who love this about Adrian, um, some people who don't. He's more than willing to confront people publicly and he doesn't take any guff from from anyone. Like, in some ways, I think he's a New Yorker. Like, uh, you know, you say hi to a New Yorker the wrong way, he'll tell you to go F yourself, you know? And it's, I, I kind of get that sense about Adrian. So leading up to the convention, he was, he was sort of hand fighting with the classical liberal caucus. Uh, but then what started up was I started seeing things with individual candidates, Lars, uh, even though he ended up being at, at, the convention, Lars was throwing these accusations out, like why? Why did my campaign have to pay X amount? I think it was two, three, whatever the amount was, thousand dollars. But RFK gets in for free. Cornell West gets in for free. And I'm saying to myself, that's not a good look. You know, it's like we just we just moved away from the vermin supreme sort of the John McAfee sort of imagery that, in my opinion, was negative for the party, but that was on the candidate. And now we've got chairman and candidates infighting and, yeah. you know, and, and we were coming off that horrible, in my opinion, um, Georgia, Georgia LP debate, debate which was a travesty. <laughs> I, I, I still can't get, I, I did a show just on that where I just ranted for two hours on how, how, um, negative that was i think for the libertarian party and we can't get our act together now i'm not saying it wasn't guys like you tyler or or even adrian in that from an organizational point of view but how hard was it to pull off like this organization i don't mean and i feel bad because you didn't run you didn't put the convention together so i i mean you're here because you're sort of the guy we got to talk about it right now but uh, John will send you the check later. 
Tyler. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, hey, at it's least just I get a mug, right? So. Yeah, you'll you'll get a mug out of it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. If 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 we have good numbers, you'll get a T-shirt too. But um, no. So I'm gonna drive out to Valley Center for my mug. Yeah. So there so what what I meant to say, what I meant to say was um like I saw where Joshua Smith was having issues at the convention, uh somebody that is perhaps not known to casual libertarians, but inside libertarian baseball, so to speak, uh, a photographer named Avens apparently had some issues and like she was disinvited, but then Lars's campaign hired her as a photographer so she could get in and you kind of, okay, what are we playing? Stratego here? Is it a game of, you know, is it a game of clue? I don't understand what's going on. Um, I agree with my partner there, William, in saying like, hey, no one personality should be above the party at that convention. You get away from the convention. You want to have some of this nonsense. Which is Go a ahead. really interesting statement coming from a Republican. I'll just say yes. that. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, they, they've got their <laughs> the the infighting. He's, no he's one person to. should be above the party. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, well, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. As we look at Donald Trump, but then again, yeah, uh, you all oh, call him what? a duopoly. And, no, no, no. no. I was say, y'all call it a duopoly, and and it's become a bit of a duopoly, but uh, not because of the reasons y'all say, but it is a duopoly with the elites ruling, and that's what Trump's trying to rise above. But you're even but, he's not above the party, right? But but here's the issue, and let's be fair, like and. Um, William and I uh, literally argue for hours over this, which is like, I have full-fledged TDS. So you've got an ally when you say stuff like that, uh, Tyler. But what I meant is we can't afford it. It's it's just a reality, right? Like Democrats and Republicans can do this nonsense. And to some extent, it doesn't make them any less for wear because they are already in a power position. They're already... They've got their ballot access. They essentially can keep anyone they want off the ballot. As libertarians, it's almost like, right, we have to be perfect, right? We have to be perfect as libertarians. We can't just be as good as them. We have to be better than them. Better, exactly. Which is the case with any startup, as I'm sure you know, William. You can't just be as good as Sears. To break out as Amazon, you had to do better. Yes. Yeah. And and that's that's disheartening. That's not within your realm of control. That's human nature. I can pull out thousands of tweets now that make y'all look like idiots, just as you can with the Republican Party, just as you can with the Democrat Party. You've got to focus, just like a startup does, on what you can control, what you can maximize, what will generate the revenue to grow. And you're not doing that. You know, so, for example, Tyler, forgive me, I'm not picking on you, but one of the conditions I know, I don't know if it's written or unwritten for the San Diego Mm -hmm. chair. Uh, is you got to have that Rolodex to fundraise, you know? So if y'all don't have the people who know how to fundraise, the national needs to be designating and looking to recruit, not just the donors, but getting them to teach people. This is how you fundraise. You've got to teach people. This is how we stay on ballot. Or this is how we gain ballot access. This is how we keep our ballot access. This is how we work on homegrowns. Y'all do none of that. You know, so you guys are like fish uh, floundering. You know, Dave Smith, who I used to like, but I totally dislike now because he's a utopian la-la land guy. He cannot get, I'm pretty sure he can't get consensus with his own party on libertarianism and liberty. 
And I know for a fact he won't get it in his district, much less his city, much less his state. But his whole stick is we got to take freedom, freedom to all these other countries. I mean, you can't do it in your own backyard. You don't know the culture of these other countries. You don't know how they live. You don't know how to respond. You don't even know their GDP or what country. It's just a blanket statement. And the Libertarian Party needs to get off their tush from platitudes and start focusing. Uh, uh, and Tyler, I'm a conservative, but I'd be willing to help you as somebody who built a multi-million dollar startup and sold it. Uh, uh, and John will tell you, I can be arrogant in, in, in many ways, but the one rule I have always had that a party should also have is show me the data. And I'm more than willing to try something new because it's not about what I want. It's about what's best for the company. And that's how I look at the, your party. It's what's best for your party. So how do you grow your party? You know, it's not by bringing RFK Jr. It's not by uh, 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 bringing Cornell West, a socialist, with the socialist now, whether you like it or not. Oh, yeah, Libertarian Party of California, a bunch of socialists. What makes you say that, William? Oh, they brought socialists in there to their platform. They gave them a speaking seat at their platform. You only do that if you agree with socialism. So you see, you've got to look at the bigger picture, how you look to the outside world, because that's important for recruiting, too, and the truth. And second, Tyler, let me ask you a question. Uh, why were there two panels on two days? You had different candidates for different days. That was the only reason, as far as I understood. Because I was told that RFK did not want one panel that big with that many people. You know, and my whole point is it is simple. So the outsider, who's not even a libertarian, is now dictating. And I get it because he is a VIP and somebody like RFK is going from one event to another. Look, uh, Big John, the man, he looked like the thinking man up there who wasn't thinking. He just looked zoned out. Like he had no, he, he, sh he looked well, like he had no desire to be there. Which, uh, RFK, RFK. RFK, yes. Uh, he looked like he didn't want to be there. He had this dazed look. Now the lady next to me, I assume she may have worked for him. She said, well, you know, he just came from an event. He's got a, this ends hard at seven because he's got to go to another one. He's just tired, you know? But that brings up the question, as I'm looking at him, so tired. Well, then why was he here? Why was he at a libertarian? Now, granted, he needs votes from everybody. Dissatisfied Democrats, dissatisfied Republicans, and libertarians have a track record of supporting and going with candidates outside their party. So the carrot was there. I thought originally he was working with the libertarians to make sure he had access on all ballots on the state. So when they asked him that, he I, I will neither uh, correct nor I won't comment on that. So, oh, I'm not asking you to comment. I'm telling you what, I, what I, I'm saying how, is how uh, I'm looking at it from it as whether an or not he joined uh, to gain ballot access. I, I don't know. So, yeah, we don't know. Gotcha. So yeah. no, no, well, that's what I'm saying. But, that's what surprised so, me because that's what I thought. And then he said, "Oh no, I'm not having any trouble." And then I'm like, "Oh my God, he is just." Bitch slapping these the, these people. Because that's the one of the thing biggest about, uh, the issues the libertarians is, have. Uh, did you hear the second day with uh, Cornell West? Cornell yes, West, I did. You know, obviously listened to RFK Jr. and he was chuckling about how RFK Correct. was saying, "Oh, we got this in the bag. We're going to get ballot access." He was just saying, <laughs> yeah. "There's no, no, no way." He said, "I was You're born right. at night." But not last night. That's what yeah, Cornell exactly. was. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, 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 RFK's delusion. Listen, he's delusional about a lot of things. Uh, I don't see why he wouldn't be delusional about having fifty state ballot access in the bag. So, it, it, it's in line with the Kennedy, to be honest with you. 
But um, so, okay. So we kind of have this thing. There is this drama external to the convention heading into the convention, which is what I wanted to say. So in terms of you've got the classical liberal caucus, but put them aside for the moment. Uh, that could be chalked up to just typical infighting between caucuses in the libertarian part. But it is a little more concerning to me when I hear candidates like Mike Termott, mm -hmm. uh, Lars Mapstead, um, those two, and Joshua Smith. And, and I'm not a fan of Josh's. I, I don't hate him. I don't like him. I, you know, I'm not necessarily a big fan of his. But all three of them kind of came out and had almost similar stories. Like we couldn't get in. We all, we we wanted to pay to come in and be on panels. We wanted to sponsor our booths. Uh, then there was this whole Twitter drama during the convention while you and William were out there uh, enjoying coffee and uh, listening to the candidates. Uh, there was this Twitter drama between Adrian and Joshua, like calling each other bitches and who's like, if I catch him distributing his material, I'm going to throw him out and challenges to physical altercations going back and forth between these two guys. That's a horrible, horrible look. And it, it doesn't have to come from William for me to understand that that's a horrible look to the public at large. And, and for Joshua Smith, like, again, not a favorite of mine, not, a, you know what I'm saying? Very neutral towards him. But I will say one thing, he's been in the party for a while. It's not just somebody like that guy from Boston who shows up without shoes and socks on the debate stage. Mm -hmm. what, what was it? Toad or whatever, you know, oh. it's a, we're like, we're not talking about clowns. We're talking about somebody who's been in the party, has held positions of responsibility within the LNC. And we can't get on the same page to avoid having this very public and frankly childish dispute going on in public. I, I mean, it's just embarrassing, not to them, but to the party itself. And like, talk to me a little bit about that. It, again, I'm not saying you you have the inside dirt, but like, why couldn't have this have been avoided? Is it just like how how deep was it for these three high visibility candidates to say we're not getting a fair shot here and and we can't figure out what we did wrong? Is is their claim at least? So I don't know if you have any insight into that before we get into the actual convention happenings, like. Uh, do you have any insight into what may may have been going on there? Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, the Twitter drama between uh, certain people, it's regrettable. In my mind, it's regrettable. Um, you see the way I'm dressed. One of my yes. things as the chair of San Diego is I really want to bring professionalism to the party. Yes. Uh, I think politics is about addition, not subtraction. And if we want to win for liberty, we need to win together and we need to present, you know, a face that can be respected and is deserving of respect by the American public. I think that's the way for us to win. So this Twitter drama, this name calling, you know, obviously I'm, I wasn't those people. I don't know the situations, so I can't speak for them. Right. But I think we definitely need to try and present, you know, a more unified front. Uh, I think we need to unite around liberty and uh, join together against, you know, our, our fight against the state, it, which is funny. That was said many, many, many times by many people. Uh, but I, I think it's very true. It, you know, as William pointed out, this is human nature, right? Yeah. I totally agree. As a county party, 
as a state party. Those who were elected by our delegates, you know, we need to focus our resources and our time on the things that we have power over. You know, we need to focus all our efforts, fundraising, recruiting. How can we affect those things? You know, messaging to make this a more professional party that's going to reach more Americans. Well, I'm glad to hear that because uh, it, it honestly, I think it's needed. I, I think we have, like I told you, um, and I told William, it was uh, when I interviewed our candidates this season, I was so impressed. I mean, when you look at a Mike Termont, when you look at a Lars, when you look at a Chase Oliver, uh, when you look at a Dr. Rechtenwald, even Charles Belay, who just got in just recently, these men come across as professional. They come across as serious. Uh, and I hope I haven't forgotten anybody else. I'm sure I have. But um, they come across as serious people. They're, they don't come across as I've got nothing better to do. So I think I'll run for president type of thing, you know. Uh, so so I think we we finally had that sort of like, look, these are professional candidates. We kind of had it with, uh, to some extent, with Joe Jorgensen and Spike uh, Cohen the last time out. We're starting to build like, okay, let's, you know, no shoes, no debate type of thing. You know, yes. we, we have this rule, right? Yeah. Um, and then towards the end, here we are screwing it up again, you know, like public outbursts. And, and so I, I really hope that people take heart and that there's a lot of county chairs and, and even folks at national that understand that funny memes aren't going to win us converts. It's this professionalism that you're referring to and, and, and doing what we're, what the people are hoping we get done for them as a party. So I'm glad to hear Electronic you say that. memes don't win elections. Boots yes. On the ground, personal relationships, those win elections. So that's what yeah, we need to focus on. And examples and setting yourself up as an example for others yes. to say like, hey, like I look at you. Look, we've never met face to face before this. The second you come on camera, I'm like, this guy is serious. Like he took the time to comb his hair. <laughs> He's not cursing. He's not ranting and raving. Um, I haven't seen him in a negative light on Twitter or any other social media. Immediately, you've at least gotten past that hurdle. You're like, this guy's a serious man. He's he's professional. He has a right image, right? You don't Thank have you, to wear John. a suit. I that. Thank yeah, you. you don't you don't have to wear a suit and a tie necessarily. It's just how you carry yourself. So I think that's a plus for you. Okay, one last thing I have me, to needle you a little bit quick. about. Sure. Before I do that, go ahead. Uh, so when I started my company, I was old school. I went with nice dark jeans, blazer. Originally started with suit. I got every contract I fought for. Every company, the NFL, CBS, Fox, Yahoo, all those companies. Knock, knock. No, I did not. It was knock, knock. Hey, KFFL, how can we help you? Because of how we carried ourselves. Our first our multi-million dollar sale was precipitated by one of the buyers stating we the way you carried yourself was full of professionalism. I used, uh, and I would be surrounded by people uh, with the shorts, the goatees, the, the would-be hippies, the, the techie type look. You remember when it first started in the nineties? I don't know if you remember Tyler, but that techie type, type look. And my final tale of caution to these people, hey, it's okay if you think differently, but let me tell you something, son. At the end of the day, that money that you want, it's going to be cut by an old guy wearing a suit who expects you to carry yourself a certain way. 
Voters don't want shenanigans. They, it's like, I, I get this watching my 12-year-olds at home. They want professionalism. And it may not, and people may not want to wear a suit. They may want, if Toad wants to look like an ignorant hillbilly, God bless him. But you're not going to get many people to go take libertarianism seriously. So when I saw Tyler, and I'll say this, Tyler, the first thing I was like, oh, man, look at him, looking sharp in a suit, hair comb, carrying himself. Uh, because, because Tyler, I'm 57. You're 30. So there's 27. So I don't look at you as a child because you're not a child. But because of the age gap, son comes to my mind, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> if I've been a father, that's how I want my son to carry him. You carry yourself with politeness and professionalism. Now, I'm not sucking up to you. If somebody comes in dressed like Toad, and wants me to be a donor. How you doing, Toad? Yeah, 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 yeah. Knock yourself out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go find a tap hole. Get the hell out of my room. You know, that's how I'm looking at. Well, with you, I would take that. I would listen. Lars Mapstead sold his company for 500 million. At these events, do you ever see him with that without a suit? I was no. incredibly impressed by the way Lars uh, carries himself. Um, you know, I, we haven't really talked about my personal positions. You know, Lars's platform. Maybe we don't agree quite on everything, but I was so impressed by, you know, his resounding message. And I yep. think really his message of hope. We actually talked about this, William. Yep. But I really liked that unifying message of hope. Uh, unrig the system. That's his slogan. And I think yep. that will resonate with many, many Americans. So, right. But it's I, not I just agree, I agree with. Yeah. It's, uh, Lane, there's a lot Mike of them. Termat, others yeah. carry themselves well. Yes. Chase yeah, all yeah. of them. And, and no, there actually, they all do, don't they? All the presidential well. candidates carry themselves pretty well. And yes. every candidate below that, every team leader, every precinct captain, whoever should look at that. Instead, uh, uh, and I enjoy his tweets. Clint, I, I forget, uh, uh, the lockdown guy. Uh, but I yes. got into it briefly with him over a woman that John doesn't like. You know, but my point was, if you're going to debate somebody, there should be decorum, should be how you treat somebody. And you guys don't do that to one another. To watch Clint and, and others denigrate uh, 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 Jacob uh, Hornberger at the Georgia debate, whether I don't, again, I don't agree with him or not, but the man's put his whole life. He said at 20 is when he found libertarianism. The man's what, John, you said he's in his 70s. He's dedicated yeah, he's his own life, 70s, ran yeah. for Senate, got 7% of the vote, blows anybody, other libertarians' numbers out, and they tell him, you're not a libertarian. Uh, and I'm like, how can you grow the party? So, Tyler, what I said about how you presented yourself, that's the first step because first impressions do go a long way. And as yes. I told John, I told Tyler off camera yesterday, I said, we're human nature. We judge everybody. People who say, oh, I don't judge anybody. I go, you're a damn liar because you do. The key when you're judging somebody is always to be open minded and be willing to see them change. That's why I tell people, bring the data to me and I'll change my mind. But once you're able to do that, you can watch people grow and you can grow and you grow yourself. That's what I don't see happening in the Libertarian Party. As far as Adrian, I see a strong kid there. You know, but I also see yeah. somebody who may not have had or does not have a mentor to go, look, Adrian, we need mm -hmm. to talk. You know, this is and like uh, uh, in that hot mic moment, how Larry Sharp approached Adrian. Oh, oh so oh, 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 hold on a second. Hold on oh, a I'm second, sorry, because sorry, a lot I'm of sorry, people sorry, may sorry. not know what you're talking about. Yeah. So we'll get to that. So uh, I wanted to share a picture that I thought was funny, not embarrassing necessarily, but just a little humorous, which was. um 
let's see if we can do this. Uh, get the right one up. Okay. This guy on Twitter uh, shared this from the uh, convention, and it was a gun search checkpoint. And it was interesting to me at the convention that uh, you had this gun search checkpoint, according to Jose Edmundo on Twitter. Um, that it was <laughs> yeah, yeah that it was at the request as a requirement of rfk that gun checkpoints uh had to be in place at the convention uh which of course uh jose and several other hardcore libertarians would say hey man we shouldn't have done that it's a bad image for the for the party of uh 2a rights and gun rights to to, to do this now, uh, again, I'm not viewing this as something that's uh, horrible or not libertarian or something like that, uh, Tyler. But in terms of, first of all, it, was that the case, to your knowledge? Was this a request of RFKs that gun checkpoints be established within uh, the convention, inside the convention? As far as I know, and I, I didn't talk to the convention committee about this personally, so and everything I'm saying is speculation, but sure. yes, I believe this is at the request of RFK's team. Okay, um, fair enough. You mentioned this, and I actually thought a great deal about this and the checkpoints and kind of mulling it over in my mind. How does this mesh with libertarian ideals and what we want to be? Um, you know, this is a private event. And sure. what we really take issue with would be for example, in the state of California, you had the may versus shall thing, and now they're shall issue CCWs. Uh, and as a little workaround, the state is now saying, oh, we're banning everything in sensitive places. So that's a government edict on where you can be in a public space. Contrast that with this convention. This was a private event. No one forced you to go to this event. No, agree. And in fact, the checkpoint was only for a very specific part of the convention. You could have attended the entire business section, business part of the convention and not been subject to any of this. You could have gone out, got some, they had, RFK was there in the afternoon. You could have gone out, got some lunch, come back, never had to do any of this. So at the end of the day, I, are we really going to fault a Kennedy for wanting to have extra security who has been denied? Several oh. times, Secret Service protection. You don't, you don't, you don't, you, you, you don't want to know what I told William he should do if he ran into RFK because I have a very dark sense of humor. But, uh, but that aside, uh, no, no. I, and again, I, I understand the, 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 the distinction that you just made, which is absolutely true, by the way. And I'm in, in agreement with you 100%. Hold just on, speaking John. to Jose's point here, I, hold on a second to Twitter, which was, is it a, hypocritical look to people again looking in meaning like hey these libertarians want us to walk around with guns on our hips but they don't want people with guns on their hips at their convention now again i understand the distinction it's a private event no one's forcing you to carry a gun nobody's forcing you not to carry a gun so we we set up these rules you make up your own mind i get that distinction but again from the perception point of view do you feel that this is like eh it's a cute little anecdote or do you think maybe there is something to the to the potential accusation of hypocrisy with something like this? I think what I just uh, talked about would be consistent with libertarian principles. As someone, if you're a private property owner, you 
get to dictate the rules of what happens on your private property. Absolutely. Um, so I don't think that is inconsistent at all. Uh, okay. with, with this was a privately held event and they chose to do this. Uh, so again, I don't think it was, I could see, I could definitely see the optics of it. Right. And yeah, that's what I'm referring to. Libertarian convention. Infamously, you know, you go to like NRA conventions, shot show conventions, <laughs> right. good luck right. carrying in there. I don't yeah. think so. So yeah. this is, again, I understand the optics. Hey, you know, I was frustrated by it. Did I want to go through a security checkpoint? Not really. No. <laughs> right. But I right, wanted to right. see RFK speak. And that was the arrangement they came to. So be it. So Fair enough. Go ahead, William. You had something to say? This is why nobody takes the party seriously. There's just common sense. Has Robert F. Kennedy's families, have they had attempts of assassination on them? Yes or no? Yes, we all know it's just yes, multiple course. times. Yeah. Are you really going to ask he not a presidential candidate? <laughs> is he not a presidential candidate? A serious presidential candidate who is likely going to have access on all 50 ballots? Yes. Yeah. Three, the world is not black and white, and I will argue to my grave. In fact, John and I have all had arguments, and I'll tell him, that, I'll show him where it's not black and white. It's a gray area. This is about compassion and freaking common sense. Presidential candidate, no secret service protection because Joe Biden personally, his camp does not want to give it to him because it gives him gravitas. It signals that's a serious candidate where D.C. had to give him protection. So they're OK with him getting shot and killed, you know, uh, 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 just to sit there and not give him. This is about now, 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 as far as Edmundo, who is disgracing my father's name, having an issue with this. <laughs> You know, I, I laugh at that because how many people are caught Edmundo today? Nobody, you know. Uh, I gotta have to check uh, in later to see if we have a Twitter beef going on with you guys. Yeah, yeah, we might. We yeah, might. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but let uh, me finish. My energy's point. gonna this flare up. A, I can feel it. People who do this, who have these stances, most of the time, not every time, but most of the time, they've yet to live life or have never experienced something along those lines. I call these people the white suburbanites who only had to deal with with a, a, a shoplifting at their local 7-Eleven. Now, I know there's different colors, different cultures, but that's my take is you gotta you gotta have some common sense, some compassion. If I'm Robert F. Kennedy, I you know if I want something at 7-Eleven, I'm sending my guy in. I'm not going in because that's how much danger he has to go through. And I'm not going to vote for RFK. I don't support him. I agree on one issue, but I believe to have free and fair elections, you have to have some common sense along with uh, 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 in dealing with issues like this. So when I hear this and I hear libertarians, conservatives, Democrats, any person try to make this a serious issue, I'm like, you're an idiot. This is why the elites rule over us. We're battling over st sheer stupid crap while they lord over us, wanting us to battle like this. So, so you gotta yeah, get over the main so, and my final point, over the My final point, this yeah. is the state of California and the Libertarian Party, the Democrat Party, the Republican Party all have to abide by the state laws and they are not pro two way. So libertarians, Edmundo, do you know problema con esto? Go join a, a two-way group in California and go fight against the government here. You know, because I guarantee <laughs> you this, in North Carolina, if we all had guns, William. nobody would shoot us because they were scared William, of getting William. shot back. <laughs> William, you got to calm down. Let Tyler talk. You got to, I know you're getting excited. You got to calm no, down. No, man, I've been here for 30 minutes and I've spoken for five minutes. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Uh, oh my goodness oh, my, my goodness okay so okay we got where william was on that one but okay fair <laughs> enough 
No, no. I and oh, I brought it up more. Tighter, as, tighter. Don't take my passion as personal. I'm not. I, this isn't towards anyone specifically. Just to clear the air on that. <laughs> no, I don't, no worries. No, it's just like I'm happy said, for the spirited debate. There I'm you happy. go. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. even really a debate. Both you guys kind of landed on the same uh, side of the coin there. All right. So now let's talk about uh, the event itself, uh, Tyler. Again, to your to your sort of mind. So was one there... quick thing, John, before sure, we want go ahead. To, I just want to kind of build off of what William was saying about All right, go ahead. Go ahead. So uh so as the San Diego chair and as the XCOM, we have decided that we are actually sponsoring, we are the marquee sponsor of this year's San Diego gun show and symposium. Oh. So please head out March 2nd through 3rd. Uh let me get the uh details here. So this is going to be uh, March 2nd from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And Sunday, March 3rd from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. This is going to be the Legacy Center uh, at 875 Hotel Circle in San Diego. So that's this upcoming weekend. It's uh, $15 off. If you want to email me at chair at sdlp.org, be happy to give you a $2 off uh, coupon. Okay, He's got to cool. stand for liberty. So Absolutely. Uh, we, again, we are the marquee sponsor of that gun, so, gun show. So San Diego Libertarian Party standing up for 2A rights. We are sponsoring the gun show this year. So, and anyways, if you're, with that being said, please continue, John. No, 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 absolutely, and I'm glad you got that in there. And if I'll tell you what, if you get me that information, I'll make sure we put it up uh, during the show and have it on the website. Uh, so people, so people can go there absolutely because we, you, so you know, but despite our differences, that's one thing William and I will agree on is uh, uh, is expansive to a right. So, so you've got two allies, not just one and a half or whatever on that one. So I'm glad and you guys are, are taking that step. It's a great place to actually buy the gun. I bought one of my first guns at one of those trade shows, and unlike what you see in the mainstream media or the progressive stations, no, I had to wait. I had to go through all the rules, you know. So I didn't buy the gun and take it home that day. Go bang bang, uh, uh, uh. and you get great prices. And ammunition is always short in SoCal. It's a good place to stock up, but you better go early there, people, because ammunition is usually the first thing to go. Sorry, Tyler. I'm a big fan of it too. This this turned into go early, stay there all day. That's right. This this turned into a nice commercial for the gun show this weekend. All right, I'm glad it did. Um, Okay, but let me ask you this now. Uh, Just again, let's uh, get to the convention a little bit more. Um, I I, I'm a big fan of Larry Sharp, uh, a fellow New Yorker here. Uh, I joke that I doubt I've ever much like Spike Cohen. Those are the two guys that I think every libertarian of any stripe can always, you can always ask them about those two guys. And all you'll hear is they're great guys. And, you know, everybody thinks they're great libertarians, great ambassadors for the party. Uh, Larry was the moderator of the panels. Um, I think from what I saw, I think he did a good job. Let me ask uh, Tyler first, Tyler, in your opinion, was there any one or two candidates, in your opinion, that stood out positively to you uh, coming away from those panels and those discussions at the convention? So I think uh, some of the candidates that I was most, you know, as we were talking about earlier, I think all the candidates, you know, all the libertarian candidates that were on stage there were very professional. And, you know, I think they were speaking from their heart and I was truly impressed by them. 
Um, and, and, and just to run them down for the folks, that would have been Mike Termott, Lars Mapstead, Charles Belay, Mike Rechtenwald. Exactly. Uh, so we had uh, Dr. Those, Michael Rechtenwald, Dr. Right. Charles Belay, uh, right. Mr. Jacob Hornberger, and Jacob Mr. Hornberger. Lars Mapstead, and Dr. Mike Termat. Right. right. So uh, Jacob was the one I forgot, um, which is very hard for me because I like Jacob. Um, so again, uh, five very capable candidates. Uh, I'm not saying which one you would vote for or not, but do you feel that one or two kind of cut like a very pot had a, uh, knocked it out of the park uh, this past weekend at the convention? I was impressed uh, with probably, again, I like, you know, all of what they all had to say. Yeah. But Dr. Yeah. Michael Rechtenwald, as well as uh, Lars Mapstead. Um, so, you know, actually for different reasons. I think uh, Rechtenwald was really able to articulate the uh, core principles. And someone would say, like, the hardcore libertarianism. He was able to articulate it in a way that was, you know, appetizing to the average, you know, the typical ear. And someone who is perhaps not, you know, so engrossed in libertarian circles, I think he was able to explain, um, you know, perhaps why some of these things are important and how they benefit, you know, society. Um, whereas it's very typical in libertarian circles to go into the weeds and say, I'm the only real libertarian. Right. But I, I really liked the way he was able to kind of couch that in the framing of this is really going to be great for our society. Right. Uh, and then two was Lars Mapstead. Um, again, I really loved his message of hope, uh, and libertarian unity. Uh, the, one of the things that stuck out in my mind, he said a question he likes to ask potential voters is, do you think the government spends money wisely? What's <laughs> most people, do you think they're going to answer yes? No. And on both sides of the political spectrum, you're going to have people who, you know, and there's a libertarian answer for the different ways the government uh, doesn't spend money wisely. So, for example, um, if we talk about perhaps the left-hand spectrum, do we think the extremely militant drug war, which has uh, disproportionately targeted, uh, you know, blacks, uh, Hispanics, and, you know, it, it contributed to mass incarceration, do we think that's the best use of our resources? No, that's a libertarian point, right? Do we think that the regulatory state and all its, you know, Byzantine, this monstrosity that's become, do we think that's a good use of our resources? No, that's, you know, to the right. So again, I, I think his message was just an excellent, you know, way to unify us and rally right. behind a common goal. Right. Well, and, and I'll be honest, that part of Lars's message um, is very reminiscent of Milton Friedman, yeah. who uh, used to go on the Phil Donahue show, for example, and say, ask yourself this. I wouldn't mind paying taxes if the government spent my money wisely to give me things that I wanted and needed. And But can anyone say that they feel their government? And this was back in 1979 when he started saying stuff like this. So I, I do agree with you. Lars and, and Lars specifically is like, I mean, Dr. Rechtenwald, to your point. Um, he's very professorial. So yes. when I sat with him for two hours, it was this initial sort of like feeling each other out, like two prize fighters, you know, but then once he realized that I was willing to listen to what he had to say, um, 
very affable. Like you could very easily sit with him and you could picture yourself having a beer with him and talking yeah. all night about libertarian policy. Um, uh, and a lot, I don't know if people realize this or not. He, he is the first to tell you he started out life as a Marxist. He, he was a full blown communist and much like, uh, Sowell or, um, or, uh, um, uh, uh, Whitaker Chambers or somebody like that, you know, starting out as communist and then realizing this is a philosophy. This is an ideology of death and oppression and moving away from that. Converts are always your truest believers, right? Yeah. So Rechtenwald, now that he's here, is probably the truest believer. And he calls himself an ANCAP or an anarchist, and he's he's hardcore about it. So I understand what you mean from a from a policy point of view. Yes. From, uh, but Lars definitely has that like, hey, I want to be your buddy and let's yes. let's figure something out type yes. of vibe to him. And maybe that's his California upbringing. I know he said he basically grew up a hippie in California. So it, it, like I can appreciate what you're saying. William, who do you feel as you were sitting there taking it in? Who do you feel came off the best to you? Who had the best convention among the libertarian candidates, in your opinion? Well, before I answer, I want to give the two comments on the drug war and defund the police based off of what Tyler said. Didn't say defund the police, but the drug war. Okay, I, I, did, I did not say defund the police, just for the record. No, 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 no. That's, not, sorry, that's what I just said. You didn't say anything on defund the police. You said the drug war. Uh, San Francisco, other parts of the world shows that legalizing drugs, all that does is create more druggies, more break-in, more crime, more muggings, more murders. So – I'm not saying that the drug war is legit. I'm saying we got to have balance. And, and again, that's perception. And the reason I and then to defund the police, I bring up the Pinkertons. That's all I need to bring up. Fire department. I bring up the firemen in the 1800s who would watch a place burn because a poor guy couldn't afford the 25 cents for that year. You know. So, so my point is there's balance. And the reason I bring that is Rechtenwald. They were talking about the river. Remember the river? Uh, yes. Tyler, the conversation, how you said, yes. and what Rechtenwald was saying is the corporations would not screw the people. They would sell it at a certain price. He was giving the answer he wanted to believe in. He wasn't giving the reality check. The problem with Rechtenwald and Hornberger is they live in the philosophy and they try to shove it down a square. How, what's it saying, John? Square peg, round hole? Round peg, right, round, round peg in a square hole, yeah. <laughs> a round peg in a square hole just doesn't work. But I loved his passion. And I sat next to him at the dinner. He seems like that down-to-earth guy. And he's had his own fights, his own battles. It's because I asked him about his Twitter battle that got his uh, profile taken down, and it's yet to come back up. Uh, but it's dangerous when you start – to use hypotheses or theoreticals, I don't know the right word, John, as facts. And that's what he did there with his river example. Uh, and I didn't like that. And Hornberger has an issue with you don't need money. You don't need money. Yeah, you do. Jacob, you're in the same spot you were when when you were 20 years old because you failed to understand the reality of one human nature, capitalism, business, and politics in terms of how it really works. I get your passion, but in your 40 years, Jacob, your passion has not advanced a needle. So you need to rethink your stance on money. So those guys were more philosophical, which is a no-go for me because my first question to either of them would be, how do you pass that in Congress? Let's move on to Lars Mapstead. Lars said the most important thing in this debate that all libertarians must take to heart. 
Jacob came out and accused Lars. Well, Lars, you agree with the uh, the the what, what, what was he saying, Tyler? The, the 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 socialism, you know, the social security and those type of issues. And I'm like, yeah, well, he's right. But why does Lars agree with it? Because I didn't know Lars' stance. And Lars came back very smartly, and it's what I've said to anybody who would listen. You're not going to change the world tomorrow. You're not going to go into Congress. You're not going to be president. Well, president certain things says executive power, but you're not going to go into Congress and say, we're going to end the Fed because you're not. You're absolutely not. And that's what when Lars mentioned the Social Security, he was talking about you can't do that. Nobody's going to buy it. So you kind of have to have a plan in place. And what Jacob was doing is classic politics. He was he was a uh, uh, changing what, how Lars was trying to present the Social Security, meaning we got to end it. I'm going to end all these programs, but you can't end them tomorrow. You have to have a transition type plan. But yet Jacob used that against him as Lars is for socialism. But and, and I'm not saying Jacob as in picking on Jacob. All the politicians do that. And that's the problem when you speak the truth. And that's what libertarians will use to attack Lars. But Lars has the right answer. Everything's a transition. It's not that I don't believe in libertarianism. It's not that I want every drug uh, legalized. I don't, but I think some should be. There's got to be balance. And in that balance, it also includes having a plan to reach your goal. And Lars had that. Charles Be uh, uh, Belay said and he, had he didn't say something. objectives. There was a lot of pie in the sky, but he said, we want to get these electoral votes. We want the parties, the news media, the establishment to pay attention that, wow, we took an electoral vote away from these other candidates. Something concrete instead of just some poll numbers. Right, right. Right. That get that gets the movement moving, but even that's short term. So so I, I like that idea. Uh, and 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 I, think, I don't know if well, it's his feasible, vision but was it long is. term. The way he described it, it felt like this is the first step in an arc. He said, "This is oh, no, 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 this no, 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 Tyler. He thinks vote. he thinks you can get one electoral vote this cycle." And maybe you can, yeah. but maybe you can. Yeah. So, but my issue is he has, he's smart. I mean, the guy, so the guy is a one percenter of the one percenters, $500 million. John and a guy got in an argument about that, but I think he misconstrued it. What I was trying to tell John early on in our relationship is we are judged by our wealth. John's like, no, we're not. No, we're not. Inwardly in our happiness, all that, we're not. But how the outside world does, looks at you, yes, we are. And Lars has got a lot of credibility, and it shows in his presentation. Dr. Belay, I loved it when he said, I'm a physician. Uh, oh, God, I can't remember exactly what he said. But in essence, he's like, I'm a physician. I, I don't believe in death. I don't believe. In essence, he's, he's against wars. And in that way he said it, you believed it. Because of it, the way he said it's like, well, that's why he became a doctor, you could tell. In that immediate, how he carried himself. Termat, as a former cop, again, defund the police, Pinkertons. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get paid, you're going to get corruption, get all that. Poor people need some kind of protection. Termat is a great vehicle for that. He's seen both the good and bad. John once asked me, he was trying to drive me into a certain position that, that trapped me. And I, I figured out, and it wasn't him being malicious. It's just a natural way. And he says, well, he thought I would, maybe you thought I would say no. But when he asked, well, should they be punished harsher? Hell yeah. They're given special uh, – I mean, they're treated differently, cops are. So, yeah, when they screw up, yeah, you hammer them harder, you know. And Termat 
knows how to get that done. So as far as the top three, uh, I love Matt said, I love Belay, I love Termat, I love uh, uh, the passion Hornberger had. I didn't like him as a candidate. I love the passion and the everyday guy, Rechtenwald, because he's a doctor, a professor, academia. Uh, uh, but I love the fact that when he was at that table, that was a different person, you know, but I wouldn't vote for him neither. I would rate him, uh, Matt said, Bally and Termat tied. Uh, Matt said at the top right now. But the only reason I say that is I have not really dug into their actual campaigns of beliefs because I'm not going to vote for any of them. I'm going to vote for Trump. You know, it's just that simple. You know, but that's how I viewed it, Big John. And uh, I think you have quality people running for president just as qualified, if not more so than. Oh, my God. All three of those guys, Matt said, Valley, Terma. I put I put Matt, I put them all on the same level as I will put Trump, Biden, any heavyweight because of their knowledge, their grasp of the situation, and what they want to change. You know, so yeah, I loved all three of those guys, and I had great respect for Hornberger because of his passion and belief. Look, I will never uh, uh, care for a progressive, but I admire Ed Begley because that guy lives in the little shack with all his solar, all that crap in the desert. I mean, he really lives the life he professes. And that's what I, I get that out of your libertarian candidates. I just wish the party would carry themselves with the same decorum those men do. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's an interesting take on that. But it sounds to me like both of you kind of gravitate towards the answer that maybe Lars had the best convention out of all the candidates in terms of coming across solidly, making a, a good impression uh, that maybe Lars probably may have had uh, the best convention um, out there. I would agree. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we've been talking for a while, gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to say that I would love to continue this and just talk more about libertarian issues in general, but uh, I want to start wrapping it up a little bit. So I'm going to say, Tyler, uh, Give me like maybe a, the one or two minute summary about, uh, again, give me the convention. Was it a success? Is there something you would recommend if when you go back to help with your uh, colleagues to plan next year's convention? Uh, did you what learnings are you taking away? Uh, give me your overall feel on that. Great. Thank you, John. So I think it was an overall success. Again, a lot of years past. It, this has been a big expense for the state party. We came out way ahead. I think it was in the tens of thousands of dollars, which is something we haven't done in recent history, which I think was an incredible job by the um, the convention planning committee. So that on that front, it was a success. I think we should do more to try and get uh, you know mainstream and alternative news coverage. If we're going to if we're going to have RFK, let's do everything we can. And I'm not saying they didn't, but let's try even harder. To get that news coverage, get more members. Um, and third, uh, especially, I'm not going to say who or accuse anyone of doing it, but if someone is a high up, you know, let's say in a state executive committee or they're a candidate, let's try and maintain decorum it's on Twitter, on social media, and in person in the convention. Let's try and maintain decorum because I think that is going to further the professionalism of the party and further the cause of liberty and people coming to our side and treating us as a real party. That's well put, Tyler. Thank you so much. And I want to, uh, it's not that I'm not going to give William the last word, but we know what William's going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to say it for him. Uh, I just have a short so, sentence. 
Go ahead. I just have one short sentence. The Libertarian Party will grow and advance once they begin to ad uh, act as adults, and I'm referring to the vermins, to the uh, toads, to those people. Uh, that, and, and, and I'm not saying that as a joke. I'm not saying that to knock it. Uh, that's been my frustration because I want a strong third party, and I believe that's one of the biggest hindrances to the party. But it was a great event. Adrian, thank you for your hospitality, taking care of the issue I had. Uh, 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 everybody I met was friendly. They, nobody was being a jerk. And a little side note, I said one sentence, I guess I lied. A little side note, you know, John has been badly with Joshua a little bit on Twitter. Uh, he was the second person I saw. How you doing, Joshua? You're fighting with my buddy. <laughs> and he turned out to be a great guy. A great guy. And Joshua, if you see this, I want you to get on the show with Big John. And thank you to the Libertarian yeah. Party and Adrian for putting on a great event. Okay, great. Uh, so, uh, want to remind everyone, thank you. So Tyler, before we go, please give us out your, uh, social handles, uh, anything you want the people to tune into, maybe a place where they can join the party or donate, uh, if they're local to San Diego. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So, uh, to contact me, please email chair at sdlp.org. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, let me get that handle for you. One second. So it is the Twitter handle, or I should say X, the, the company right. formerly known as Twitter. The handle is at SD Libertarian. So again, I am the uh, current chair of the San Diego Libertarian Party. Thank you guys so much for having us on. You can also find uh, the Libertarian Party of San Diego on uh, Facebook and Instagram. So. Excellent. Well, um, everyone check them out. And like I said, look, you've got a good looking guy. He's, he, he looks professional. He combs his hair, as William says. So uh, give give the uh, Libertarian Party, especially if you're in San Diego, uh, give them a shot, please. Uh, we, we need a third party, as William said. Uh, to my partner, William, thank you for joining us again. We've taken him away from his shows, which you can check out on the Grumblings Media platform. That would be fired up, red, white and rude. And of course, on occasion, the two of us might host uh, points on the board, a sports podcast. But if you want to see him get all riled up, they call him the conservative Latino. Go look for him on Twitter. Go look for him on Facebook. And more importantly, come check out his fired up show. Uh, as you could tell, the title is apropos for William. Until next time, you can catch us on grumblingsmedia.com, YouTube, uh, Rumble, uh, uh, X, anywhere. Just look for at Grumblings Media, all one word, at Grumblings Media. Until next time, on Free For All, this has been Big John. Check you out next time.